Welcome to the Inside Out Life, the podcast where we strive for inward reformation that inspires outward transformation in every area, marriage, family, faith, and life. I'm your host, author, and pastor, Chris Schimmel. So I want to talk to you about the purpose of the church today. Um, There have been uh, other subjects and discussions that have come to my heart to talk about over the past few weeks. That just uh, about the time I was settled on, uh, my heart would change. Um, The need for that one in my heart seemed... uh, seem to just go away. And so I I put the brakes on concerning that subject. But the purpose of the church has remained. And concerning the gathering of the church, we are in interesting times, to say the least. What's interesting? (laughs) Well, we can't gather. And in case you agree with the pastor who was arrested for refusing to submit to our authorities and continuing to hold services, in the scriptures, quarantine was practiced among the people of God. In fact, leaders of God's people established the quarantine at God's command. And our our government isn't asking for this indefinitely, but only for a time. Um, So having said this, it all affirms that we are in unprecedented times concerning the gathering of the church. And so I think it's important to understand some things in these times. First, Jesus is very clear about what is most important for every person. Every person, no exceptions. And that especially includes times like this. He wants everyone from all nations, man, woman, child, to have a personal, devoted, and growing relationship with him, who, of course, is God, who came to us in the flesh. And the times that we are in confirm, even with even more urgency, the importance of this happening for every person. He tells what this relationship is like in John chapter 3. He calls it a born-again relationship with him. Now, just stay with me here as I describe this. For anyone who might hear this who doesn't know about what it means. Born-again means more than just a brand-new start. Born-again he said, means that this kind of relationship with him was talked about as being about God's desire for his children from way back in Old Testament times. Uh, No doubt referring to Ezekiel uh, 36. And there are other places in the scripture too, but it's very descriptive in Ezekiel 36 around verse 26. And there it says that there will come a day when this 
type of relationship with God will be the way it will be for everyone who is God's child. In a nutshell, born again means an individual receives Jesus Christ into his or her life as Lord and King. Today we might describe this as him becoming our personal boss to whom we are fully submitted. And when a person does this sincerely, God, by way of his Holy Spirit, enters that person's life, and he or she becomes born again. That is, a brand new life has begun. So that definitely is part of it. But another way Jesus describes it is being born of the Spirit. It is a supernatural experience where the Holy Spirit God himself in spirit form enters a life and births this new life in a person. And Jesus said this is the only way that a person can enter the family of God. There, there's, there is no other way. He even says we must be born again or we cannot enter the kingdom of of God. It's, it's all there in John chapter 3. You can read it for yourself. And this is God's plan for every person. To understand the purpose of the church, we must first understand this. Now, a person does this, at least once they do this, there are four relationships that each person must work on in their new spiritual life. God wants us with his Holy Spirit inside of us to allow him to influence us to draw first closer to him. And this idea of the Holy Spirit coming inside of us is unprecedented. It's, it's an awesome experience. There is no other experience like it in the world. Another place in the, in the New Testament, he describes this as our hearts becoming his temple, making obsolete the old temple building that people would go to. We can have a relationship with him and be in his temple or uh, his temple being in us. Um, no matter where we go. And so it, our relationship to God, drawing closer to him, is our first and foremost priority relationship. And his spirit enhances that inside of us. And as we do this, we learn how to love him more and more. And we learn how to understand him more and more. And we learn how to allow him to build our faith in him more and more. However, it's also clear in the New Testament that it is also his plan that the church is the primary gathering place where our relationship with him can grow best. It's where teachings and messages from church leaders can guide us. It's where we stretch our spiritual wings. It's where we engage in such spiritual practices as submission to leaders and ministry to the family of God, observing 
mature believers as they live out their faith and seeking counsel for understanding the Spirit's new work in our new lives. This is the best way, the, the, the way that it was determined from earliest times um, when the church was birthed in the book of Acts. The church is where we can worship him as a group which has been traditionally God's plan for his people from earliest times straight through the New Testament. And it is where we can ob observe him as we serve him in ministry, which is also a way that God says that we can grow in our relationship with him. Now, there are other ways that we can grow as well, like reading his word and praying and meditating and studying his word, but never, and I want you to hear me on this, never does God say that we should do these things to grow closer to him in lieu of the gathering of the church. He wants both of these things to happen in our lives because both are absolutely necessary. A mistake that many people make, both Christians and non-Christians alike, is they say, my relationship with God is between me and him. So I don't need to go to church. And I say, you know, this is, this is missing it so much. This is like caution, like caution, like caution, like. This is more of a cop-out. 99% of the time it's a statement that people make usually because perhaps they have a problem with someone or several people in the church or with leadership in a church, which they should resolve rather than run from, but they, they don't want to deal with it. Or they are awkward with people anyway, and so they abandon ship rather than obey the scriptures to fellowship with other believers. Or, and probably most often, they don't want to have to be accountable to people. They want to live more freely than folks might require of them. But I say, people, we must get a clue here. This is exactly why we need the church, because the accountable relationships will help us to stay close to God, which is most important of all. Contrary to cultural and popular trends, the most vital relationship in a Christian's life after God isn't family members, spouses, children, siblings, birth family, and so forth. And this, this may be hard for some people to understand, but the most important relationships in the Christian life are with other believers in the context of the church. Now, you need to hear me out on this. Jesus didn't say after coming to God to love your families first. He said that we should love our Christian brothers and sisters in the family of God first. He actually said in Mark 12, 30 through 31, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is the first relationship we must have, our relationship with God. Then he says, 
and the second is as great as the first to love your neighbor as yourself. Why would he say that? Why wouldn't he say that, that the second is family? Well, you see, the church is a training ground where as we learn to love fellow believers in Christ, while we are also learning to love God, in addition, we learn how to love our spouses and our children and brothers and sisters and so forth. So the church, that is the people, not the building, the church is a training facility to help us manage better all of our relationships. And to this, 1 John says, if we can't love our Christian brothers and sisters, we can't possibly even love God. So if we have that problem with people in the church and we leave and say, I'm just going to be a Christian with my family, I'm not going to go to this church, we are, are not going to draw closer to him and we are not in a place where God would condone that or approve of that or smile upon that. Now don't hear what I'm not saying in all this. I'm not saying church people are more important than our families. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if we really want to love our families best, we can't leave out relating to other believers in the context of the church and our corporate worship of God in favor of isolating with our families. Because as we gather and we, see, and we receive teaching about how to love God and one another, we also learn how to be a, be a better or godly father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, so forth. But you see, the, a, a whole lot of people decide that taking care of our families first is what God wants. I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say this. And so they leave out the church in favor of their families, probably hoping that their um, love, attention, time spent with families is going to cause God to uh, shine on them and approve of them and maybe even uh, give them a ticket into heaven. It's one of the top myths that our world believes today. But there are a lot of wonderful families who have prioritized family. And I just, I, I, I'm just, just, I just hate to say this, but I know it's true. Who are going to a Christless eternity because they thought loving families first was what God wanted. No, Jesus said, love God first and second, love our neighbors. <clears throat> you see, church is crucial to successful families. And I, I could give account after account of people whose lives and families were ripped apart because they thought that they could handle them without God and the family of God. But then they gave their lives to Christ and they started coming to church 
and through the ministry of God's new presence in their lives and the teachings of the church and the love of the saints there, they pulled their lives back together and along with their lives coming back together, their families came back together. You see, church is a university for living life right, including life with our families. And so we have, we've just actually covered two other relationships. We love God first, then we start going to church and we learn how to love other believers. The second relationship God wants us to work on in our relationships with him so that we can then love our families better, the third relationship. Or maybe a better way to say it is, if we want to love our families best, we need to get our hearts right with God. Get to church and learn how to love the family of God. And as we do, we will learn how to love our families the way God wants us to love them and the way they should be loved. One of the reasons our world is out of control um, where family is concerned is because as a society we have laid aside this order of priority list in favor of our own. If we say we love God first and then our families second in time, our families will become first ahead of God and the whole system will be out of balance. And that is exactly what has happened in our world. And friends, this is sound scriptural instruction. I think that we need to heed what I'm talking about today. Okay, then, what is the other relationship? Well, the other relationship is the lost. And sometimes the lost is in our own families. Jesus made it clear if we don't have a heart for these people, we aren't growing properly in our relationship with Jesus because saving the lost is the primary reason Jesus came as well as the primary commandment that he gave us when he left the salvation of the world in our hands. He said, go and make disciples of all people. Now, while Jesus walked the earth, he was constantly in opposition with the religious leaders by their choice, not his, but by theirs, who thought that the lost were the scum of the earth. But Jesus would tell them, don't you realize that the whole reason I came was to seek and to save the lost? And his plan is very simple and, and makes perfect sense. We were lost. Then he got to us. We became found when he found us and saved us. Now, he wants us to cooperate with him as he desires to reach all of the people in our lives who are lost so they can become found. And the church is also a training ground for this 
so that we can learn how we can best make disciples of the lost friends and family who are in our lives. Okay, so one more point. As I said when I began, we're in a situation now where we cannot gather as a church. Who would have ever thought that that could have happened? And as much as this is a real bummer, <laughs> I consider this time as something that God is using so that we ourselves can test and assess first the strength of our personal walks with him. Are they strong enough to endure this time and still love God with all of our hearts? Now, don't forget, Jesus wasn't against uh, presenting people with something that would trim back those who aren't sincere. He isn't adverse to doing that. In fact, the entire chapter of John 6 is a story about that. I also think that during this time, we need to assess the value of the gathering of the church in our lives. Honestly, I have sensed a waning in people's love for and need for the gathering of the church. It seems to many as being just Oh, oh. you know, ho-hum, a big yawner. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder if many may be asking, is the church really absolutely necessary? And the thought has entered my mind that through this time, perhaps God is trying to show his children just how important coming together actually is. And what better way to show us this but by allowing our ability to meet to be taken away from us entirely. And so the question is, are, are we missing it? Those who are believers, are we missing the gathering? The church is his plan. Do we feel about it the way we should? Will we easily get out of the habit of going to church? Or maybe a better way to say it is, have we easily gotten out of the habit of going to church and therefore giving up on drawing closer to the Lord or using the church to do that? And I also wonder that during this time, will some people do that? And, and the reality is perhaps some will. Or will we determine all the more that we need the church and we need one another and the power of his presence in the gathering? Friends, will you think and pray about these things? The true church of Jesus Christ is absolutely necessary. I only believe that there is a possibility that some of that is, is becoming doubted in people's minds. Um, and, and, and I wonder 
uh, are the people that are coming to it feeling the way they should about it? Do they need to believe, learn to believe, maybe have their minds changed to believe just how necessary the gathering of the church is to them? If your desire is waning, consider this. I see so many these days. You know, it used to be that people would be in church every single Sunday without fail. And then when we had Sunday night services, they'd be at those, and, and they'd be at the Wednesday night service. And, and now we don't even have a Sunday night, and we don't even have a Wednesday night. And we just have Sunday mornings, and I see people slowly but surely going from four times a month to three times a month to two times a month to one time a month. And people tell themselves, oh, it's okay, I, I still love God. Um, but I just wonder, are people really just drawing away from him? And so during this time, ask God, Lord, can you help me to begin to value and feel excited again about being with your people I will say this, that it's my belief that people who are excited about the gathering of the church is what represents the power and the life that lost people need to see when they look at church. We need to be excited about the gathering again. 